Uh, welcome to the second uh, of our videos about the early modern uh, and modern era of Britain. Uh, today we're going to look at the Tudor period. Um, so as mentioned earlier in our introduction video, uh, the great event uh, that was the War of the Roses, that came to an end uh, with Henry VII as the King of England. So the War of the Roses themselves, uh, this conflict saw some uh, 100,000 deaths, uh, a, a large number uh, for such a small kingdom. So Henry's victory came on August 22, 1485, when forces under his command killed uh, the king at the time, Richard III, at the Battle of Bosworth Field. So this event would be uh, mythologized in Shakespeare's Richard III. Uh, the new king uh, set up a new dynasty, uh, the Tudors, uh, which are named after Henry's uh, Henry VII's ancestors. So the first Tudor king brought much-needed stability back to England. Uh, he was a, a generally wise and far-sighted leader. Uh, amongst other things, uh, he supported England's important wool industry, uh, while also getting the the kingdom's finances uh, under control. Uh, he reigned as king for almost 25 years, and eventually his son, uh, Henry VIII, uh, took his place uh, when he died. So Henry VIII himself would have a profound effect on English history, and this is in no small part because of his, uh, his dispute, his argument with Rome, and Rome was the great power center of Europe uh, at the time. Uh, Henry's first marriage uh, was to uh, Catherine of Aragon. She was a Spanish, but more importantly, she was also a Catholic. Uh, however, um, she never gave birth to a son, and she only gave birth to one daughter. Uh, Henry needed a son to continue his family rule. So Henry asked the Pope, uh, for a divorce or an annulment, but this was refused by the Pope. The main reason for this refusal was the greater power of Catholic Spain at the time, and the Pope needed to avoid uh, offending the Spanish king. So the decision Henry made was a, a radical decision, and it was to evict, to remove the Catholic Church from England, removing all of its institutions, such as uh, convents, and declaring a new Church of England uh, with himself as the head of this new church. This was uh, what is known as the Reformation, uh, a change in the religious order in England, and with these new circumstances, uh, he was able to annul uh, his, his own marriage to Catherine, and he was able to search for a new wife. Uh, in reality, he would ultimately marry uh, six women. Um, their names were Catherine of Aragon, uh, Anne Boleyn, Jane Seymour, uh, Anne of Cleves, Catherine Howard, uh, and Catherine Parr. So eventually, Henry VIII would have a, a male heir, uh, later to be King uh, Edward VI. And he was made king at the age of nine when Henry VIII died. 
However, Edward only lived until the age of 15. And then he died and he had no heirs of his own. Now, because uh, Edward was so young uh, when he took power, the the British government had anticipated this, this very situation. So the rules for succession, for taking power, had been developed. So according to the new plans put in place by Henry VIII, the decision as to who would assume the throne in the event of Edward's death would have to be made between two of his daughters, Mary and Elizabeth. So Mary was his daughter from his first wife, Catherine of Aragon, and Elizabeth was his daughter by Anne Boleyn. Eventually, Mary would succeed to the throne. Uh, Mary would go on to become known as Bloody Mary uh, for her violent attempts to reverse the progress of the Reformation. Um, she wished England to be Catholic again. And she only reigned for around five years. Actually, during this period, over 280 of her religious opponents were executed. In that period, they were killed. Unfortunately, Mary, uh, like her father, uh, encountered difficulty in producing an heir. Uh, she died in 1558. Her initial rival for the throne, Elizabeth, wound up succeeding her. So under Elizabeth's uh, rule, uh, the Reformation would continue in England. Uh, Elizabeth supported the, the Church of England against the Catholic Church. So going back to the separation of England from the Catholic Church, uh, it is important to note that it would not have been possible without popular support of the people in England. The Catholic Church at the time was notoriously corrupt. Uh, it was uh, very flashy with its wealth, very corrupt practices, and the distant rule from Rome irritated many people in England. However, in the early days after the separation, uh, religious worship remains largely the same as it had been uh, before. So the way the religious worship uh, had changed uh, began when a man called Thomas Cromwell uh, took control of the church at Henry's appointment. So he removed many of the important leftover Catholic institutions of the new uh, Church of England, chief amongst them the monasteries. So he removed the monasteries completely, and this was a very controversial move. Um, the monasteries themselves provided for the welfare of the general population. Uh, this move also wiped out uh, huge collections of priceless books, and so much so that Oxford University itself ended up without a library until 1602. So these developments in England were a greater part of the Protestant movement, uh, which was a a European reformation against the Catholic Church. So this movement first began with a man called Martin Luther. Uh, Martin Luther was a, a renegade priest and an anti-corruption crusader in uh, living in what is now Germany. Uh, the Reformation is one of the most important developments in modern European history. It 
forced the spread of literacy uh, as worships were no longer forbidden from reading the Bible for themselves, which under Catholic uh, worship, they were not allowed to. They were just, it was read to them uh, by their priests. So for the people of Tudor England, uh, courtship and marriage represented a legal recognition of a person's growth from uh, childhood to adulthood. Uh, it was an important rite of passage, and it took on various forms uh, for people from different social uh, backgrounds. So amongst England's upper classes, uh, marriage was largely about preserving the, the high social standing of the given bride or the groom's uh, family. Uh, noble families would often sign contracts of marriage uh, for their children well in advance, um, even before the child was uh, mature. So families of this class also practiced something called a dowry, uh, which involves the father of the bride giving valuable gifts, including money, uh, to the other uh, family. Uh, Middle-class families of this era had similar practices to the upper-class ones. However, uh, middle-class marriage practices varied slightly uh, depending on the actual wealth and property of the families involved. Uh, dowries were practiced, uh, but the value of the dowry gifts was uh, usually much lower uh, than the upper classes. The eldest son of a middle-class family would usually uh, inherit uh, his parents' property uh, when they died. So things were very different for people from the lower classes uh, in Tudor England. If you were from a poor family during this era, then you could get married at a, a later age and you could have more control over who you married. However, this was the case because the poor obviously had, had fewer resources. So owing to the lack of um, inherited wealth uh, in the lives of poor people, there was also less pressure from their parents when it came to choosing uh, a spouse. So courtship itself simply refers to the, the stages in a romantic relationship in which a young couple uh, become familiar with each other and hopefully they develop feelings of love for one another. Uh, courtship was not light-hearted. Uh, it was a very serious part of how society uh, functioned. Uh, it usually proceeded in stages and those stages would often involve uh, giving gifts uh, in front of witnesses. And it was not unheard of uh, for a man to ask a, a third party, someone other than uh, his love interest, to personally deliver a gift to the lady he wished to court. Um, in this way, uh, it was ensured that the courtship itself had witnesses uh, from the start. I guess we can think of this as a kind of uh, a starting period that would lead up to marriage. It was a whole process. It was not absolutely required that marriages of this period uh, take place in a church. Uh, couples could be legally married by declaring their, their consent uh, to marry in front of, of public witnesses. So until 1556, the minimum, minimum age at which one could get married in England was 12 for girls and 14 for boys. After 1556, the age of consent was raised to uh, 21. Uh, and this was raised in an effort to hold back the poverty caused by marriages amongst those people who could not yet uh, support themselves. 